interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 77 of Not a Robot Podcast, DC Comics Review Show. As always, I've got my amazing co-host here with me, Rob. Nothing funny this week. I just want to say mental health is important. If you need help, seek it. Super important. We all need the humans out there. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Thank you. And Josh. Speaking of which, hello, humans. Today on the show, we will be covering Robin and Batman number three, Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes number one, Detective Comics 1048, The Joker number 11, Batgirls number two, and I Am Batman number five. And if you couldn't tell from that list, it's a very Bat-centric week, so uh, if like you are Batman, not interested... I, I was reading about Superman. What, what the hell? <laughs> oh, I know, right? Well, <laughs> I was just going to say, if, if, you're, uh, if you're not a Batman guy, this is not the week for you. Um, yeah. But of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, The Biggest Stinker, and to find out which titles might just make the dump list. But before we get going with the show, I just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon. No, no, I don't want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. That is in my old script, and I do this every time, and I'm not going to do it next week. I promise. I swear. Um, uh, but no, the link is not Patreon. Our link to support us is, as we have mentioned a couple times, uh, on Buy Me A Coffee, which the link buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcasts. Again, you don't need to subscribe. You can do a one-off payment, uh, just any way you want to support us, and the rest of the shows in the network would be greatly appreciated. Again, I need to update that in my template, but I will get to that eventually. Um, but with that out of the way, let's get into some news. Uh, guys, what's new with you this week? It's new in comics and mm. pop culture. Oh, it's a lot new in, in comics. Actually, I meant to fact check something before I talk about it. Really? I, I have nothing this minute. week. <laughs> now, there's a couple things that I pulled up. Uh, one is Naomi. Uh, that started. I haven't checked it out yet, so I don't. I can't tell you if it's good or not. But I did see that they are going to give her her own Superman show. Or, excuse me, her own Superman in the show. It won't be Tyler Hoechlin from Superman and Lois. or um, And apparently it's supposed to just be her own show. They're swearing that there won't be any crossovers. But I bet you that only lasts for the first season. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she'll be on uh, Legends of Tomorrow or any of the other ensemble shows or something something along those lines um also i am i got a couple other things i'm unsure if this relates to the entire run or just the backups that are going to be showing up in the pages of detective comics but wade and mora's superman and batman will be unrelated to the current universe stepping back into the past where clark's identity is still secret robin is still present from the images, I can't tell if it's Dick or Tim right now, oh, but it looks. I that it... was that was going to be part of my announcement because um, yes, it's uh, to, actually to answer your question, it is Dick Grayson. Um, it is Dick. Okay, they, cool. yeah, they they had an article out on you can check it out right now, but Josh kind of stole it from me, um, sort of. <laughs> um, but no, it's on Polygon right now. They released the first five pages of not the uh, first issue of World's Finest, but 
the five-page backup that will be appearing in Detective Comics 1050. Um, fully lettered, fully colored. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, Stan Mora and Tamara Von Villain, so it's you know you know it's going to be and good. Um, a little odd because I understand that in at least the backups, they're going to be teaming up with the Doom Patrol. Uh, yes, that in, in the first issue, and uh, I was listening to um, to Mark Wade on John Suntress's Word Balloon yesterday, actually, because they released it, and I wanted to see what he was saying about World's Finest. He did the recording a couple of weeks ago, but he was basically talking about how there will be a series of, you know, guest characters like the Doom Patrol or, um, you know, any of the other characters that, that Wade has a fondness for, and we'll be seeing them... Um, you know, mostly from the perspective of the big two, which I think is, is going to be really cool. Like, how does Superman view the Doom Patrol? How does Batman view the Doom Patrol? Um, so With a know, raised eyebrow. Yeah, but I, I, <laughs> a think, I think skepticism. One, of the, one of the things that they really stressed that, um, or Wade really stressed about the series that I'm excited for is that, you know, this series is, we've had a lot of portrayals of the relationship between Batman and Superman, you know, for, for however you wish to view it. But I think Wade was really stressing that this is just going to be about their friendship. It doesn't mean they, you know, always get along, but it really emphasizes like they're friends and they like each other and and they work well together. Um, and honestly, I, 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 sorry, I'm having a bad talk day. Um, I I feel like that's that part of their relationship has been largely ignored for a while. Yeah, or, or, you know, usually like, oh, you know, Batman doesn't trust him, or Superman looks down on Batman. Um, I know some of that was... the other one is made. Yeah, so. some of that was reinforced by some of the adaptations, the movies and stuff. And I don't know, for me, I just, I love seeing when they're, they're just like, yeah, we're like, we're these two iconic heroes, but we're friends. And, and we actually like working together. Um <clears throat> And, uh, I'm and I'm I'm, nice. I'm forced to I'm forced to remember and I can't remember wh- what book it happened in or hell even how long ago it was but I feel like it was relatively modern where they went out with Lois and Selina and it was Halloween and they dressed as each other yeah. Super Friends and the Tom King run I love that <laughs> yeah, art. That Few years was ago, that it was that yeah. it was a few years ago yeah that, that that's the last that run yeah that's well, the last time i remember them being shown as friends so look yeah. at that tom king i just gave you a compliment yeah thank you very much man <laughs> yeah um yeah and i mean there were you know some aspects of that in the in the batman superman run that we had recently from, from josh williamson and gene Wen yang but i think this one is just going to be like a very you know classic feeling team up between the world's finest uh, and also Robin, who historically I guess was also in the world's finest title in the forties. Yep. Um, so yeah, this is this is gonna be a fun flashback, you know, to the to the good old days when Batman had the yellow oval suit and Dick Grayson was Robin and Clark was still maintaining a secret identity from everyone at the Daily Planet and you know just like a really fun flashback series, which I think will be perfect for. Um, Wade and Mora to kind of do their thing, so I'm I'm definitely really excited to check out this first backup and then the the subsequent series. Um, and I I, ha- I wonder if I was the only one who, reading the the preview, heard the um the that reunited song, like reunited and it feels so good because <laughs> so I just I I just I just like I saw the credits and it was like Batman Superman 
and then Mark Wade, and you're like, ah, as it should be, together again. It feels good. It's nice to see. (laughs) Another Uh, song pops in my head. The boys are back in town. Oh, yeah, that's definitely (laughs) it. There you go. Um, And I was like, I just, again, um, if you haven't seen the preview pages, like I said, they're absolutely gorgeous. But God bless Dan Mora. He's just, you can tell he's having so much fun drawing all these characters and it's so expressive and wonderful and um, oh yeah i know i, I mean just, i would do <laughs> i i'm just like i mean i know he's doing all this great stuff at dc but like selfishly i really really want to see him do something with spider-man like soon he's been teasing it like like covers and stuff but i, I really want to see that speaking of stepping outside of dc uh i saw i'm bleeding cool uh, I I hate see, saying that, but anyway, um, <laughs> I feel like you kind of have to every now and then because it's just everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, anyway, they say that Vault Comics is launching a whole slew of titles from some pretty impressive creators: yes. Chris Sabella, Nathan Gooden, Tim Seeley, Aaron Campbell, Jim Terry, and there's a whole bunch more. Uh, I this, I'm, I'm already excited for it. it will, will will any of them be good? I have no idea. We'll have to wait and see, but I'll be picking up the first issue of all of them. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I th- there was another one that I saw. Um, I also saw that article, but on Adventures in Poor Taste. And I think it was... Oh, now I see it. It's um, I just looked it up again. It was um, Zach Kaplan and John Pearson. Um, if you haven't seen John yeah, Pearson, his stuff is amazing. He did an issue of the Department of Truth most recently with um, with James Tynan. And I hadn't really seen his stuff before, but I was just like, wow, this is like amazing. It's really like um, like Dave McKean, John J. Muth inspired, like kind of that, you know, photorealistic right. um, 90s vertigo style of stuff that's just really great and expressive. So um, I'm excited for that too. It sounds like Vault has a lot of cool stuff lined up. Right. Heck yeah. And then uh, I have a question because I am super looking forward to it. And I saw the ads in the books. But do we have a definitive official release date for Monkey King? Oh, let me double check that right now. The ads are saying February. Yeah, but it wouldn't be the first time in-book ads were wrong. (laughs) That's That's why I thought maybe you guys digging into your... uh, news sites m- might know that a little bit better than me yeah i uh, i don't know i know they have oh. the the zero issue but i don't know i haven't heard anything else about it according to this um it's launching on lunar new year which oh. very fitting february 1st 2022 oh yeah cool i don't have to wait much longer then no, it's, right on. just a few short weeks a couple short weeks it's not that long excellent yeah so I, I also had the uh, Batman Superman backup in Tech Ten Fifty. It's it's a popular story. It just that uh, news just broke today, I guess, right? I, day, I saw it, saw it yesterday. yesterday. Okay. I want to say oh, or Tuesday. So. I saw it Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other things I had, I had two more. And they're oddly enough both Batman related. Uh, so we have a release <laughs> date for the Batman Beyond miniseries that are, that's spinning out of the story you had in Urban Legends number seven. And that's coming. Six issue mini coming April 5th. 
I don't know about you guys. I'm super excited. I love Batman Beyond. I talk about it as much as I can because I grew up on that animated series. And oh, yeah. also, yeah. I'm, yeah. Speaking of animated series, there's news about the new Batman animated series from Bruce Tim, Batman the Creep. The Caped Crusader. They got a big and name on the writing hey. team. Oh. And and Brendan, did you hear about this? I, I did hear about this. Um, yeah. But before no, no, before I you did. get into this I kind did of not. get into this kind of bombshell, um, yeah. Rob, I had to I have to ask you as a fan of Batman Beyond. I don't know if I've ever asked you this before. Um, do you ever occasionally use some of the future speak from the show? Oh, I say shway all the time. Yes. Oh my god. I'm so totally that makes, me, that yeah. makes me so happy. You have no idea. I haven't done it in a long time, but I used to say shway yeah. too. And I was a lot older than you guys when that cartoon came uh, out. I'm waiting I, for the day that creds takes over everyone's I know. Creds. No, when I when I can start calling people just casually dregs and twips, that I will yes. I will be so happy. I'm like, this is the future I want to be in. You can just start now. Just next time somebody pisses you off, hey, <laughs> yeah. screw you, Drag. Oh, there, oh my god! If I can make that grammatical. That would be the. There's the grammatical basis in calling people dregs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well yeah. I the, mean, like the dregs. Dregs of society. society yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm like, dregs. if I can, if I can make that happen. That that'll literally be the proudest moment of my life. Like anything else hey. I've ever done, forget it. What better place to start a trend <laughs> than inside of a college? Yeah, exactly. Get her going, exactly, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, Facebook started. we're we're slowly we're moving right towards the future. I feel like it's time to start getting this stuff to catch on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's got to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Dregs, you better pay attention. Follow yeah. suit. Or else you're totally not shway. Uh. Exactly. You are shwayless. <laughs> <laughs> So, as per the bombshell that I'm about to drop as well, uh, none other than Mr. Ed Brubaker is joining the writing Shut team. Shut up! Yeah, it's really the cool. Batman animated serial. Batman the Creeped, the Caped Crusader. I keep want to say Creeped, the Caped Crusader. Creeped. He's not French. Somebody's hungry. He does eat some crepes, maybe. <laughs> that's an entirely different Batman. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, wow. That's exciting. Ed Brubaker. That yeah. just blows my mind but you know and i never would have even thought of that but it makes so much sense yeah, yeah. Bruce well, certain... already went on record saying that this series is going to be more batman the animated series than batman the animated series we're going back to like the 90s and he's got jj abrams and matt reeves on his team this time so it's going to be a lot darker it's going to be a lot grittier it's going to be very noir but also very new at the same time. And having yeah. Ed Brubaker on the team, oh, God, it's going to be so gritty. It's going to be amazing. Well, that's that's so interesting is... to hear because, I mean, I think we talked about this in the live stream, but, you know, the those original Batman, the animated series episodes are pretty dark. So, yeah, um, I, like, just, you know, off the top of my head, there's so many episodes I can think of that are just like, I can't believe they aired this on TV for kids to see. Um, yeah, killed the Cape that, Crusader. Yeah, yeah. Or, or again, like the one I always go back to, Feet of Clay Part Two, yeah. where literally just has like this horrifying. Well, he doesn't really die, but just horrifying scene where he's like shifting faces. Like, oh my god, I can't, I can't believe you let like kids watch this. It's terrifying. So um, with Reeves and Abrams and Brubaker attached, 
is are are we for sure that this is going to be a kids show or is this going to be <laughs> TVMA? Sure. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I feel like now you could probably sort of like with Young Justice when they brought it back, where like I remember watching what was like season three or something, and I heard them swear for the first time. I was like, whoa, whoa oh, what? What? I haven't seen season oh, three on my on my show. How could they do this? But I think oh, wow. um, I think I forget who said it. it Might have been like Greg Weissman or one of the animation guys. But they were just like. The audience of people who were watching it in 2010, myself included, are pretty much adults now. Like, they're fine. Yeah. They can hear a couple yeah. swear. They're good. So I, I think if they were going to do something that was a little bit more adults, even more than the animated series already was, they could probably get away with it. Because at this point, yeah. it's like your, you know, your fan base of that show is very, very grown up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you mean very, very grown up? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's been a couple of years. Well, Christ, I mean, when did that I'm show start? Like, 92? So, it's yeah, it's been almost 30 years. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yep. Yeah. And it's going to be on HBO Max as well, so who knows? It, it could very well be TVMA. Mm. I do. I mean, honestly, I hope so, because I feel like with people like Brew Baker and Reeves uh, and uh, hell, even Tim's attached, that will give them a whole lot more creative license to get good with stories. You know, who yeah. honestly, who gives a shit much, if they yeah, hopefully not too much creative license, at least with Bruce Tim. Well, I don't, I don't want another yeah. killing joke, please. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, it. it I, will get potentially very creative but not overly creative this is going to be early days of batman not quite year one Mm -hmm. but before uh even jim gordon was an ally oh wow basically so it's it's very early batman yeah yeah that sounds awesome so the the door is just wide open for potential Mm -hmm. i i hope they bring back i'm sure he's already involved i i didn't really do that much research on it but I hope I hope Paul Dini still gets to do like some writing because yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he so. did some of my favorite episodes um, and had a really great run of Detective Comics actually. Can, um, can I also say, um, and I realize that this is maybe asking for too much, but can Mark Hamill please be voice talent? Like, please. I'm sure he will. <laughs> they literally have him and Kevin Conroy, like, on retainer if they need to do yeah, any Batman or Joker-related things. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, oh, man. I it, feel like... I, I, you, oh, wait. I will be giddy. I don't think anyone's ever seen me giddy before, but <laughs> I will be giddy if they let Hamill back in as the Joker. Yes. No yeah. matter who I love... I, I, I find something to love about literally all of the on-screen Jokers, but there is no better voice for him than Mark Hamill. Yeah. And what I would love to see one day is if they do in any Batman cartoon where Mark Hamill's voice in the Joker and they do like a, like a team-up episode with, say, The Flash and then the Joker and the Trickster are the villains teaming up and you huh. just have Mark Hamill voicing both. Oh yeah, yeah but their their voices are different, not by much, but they are different. They so. are different, yes, but I would still love to see Mark Hamill talking with himself. That that would be very. <laughs> oh yeah, fun. that would be great. Yeah, that would be very fun. <laughs> just to, I, I hope they would like record it in the booth a little bit, like video recording, yeah. and just kind of see him talking back and forth. Yeah, but be his trickster. Oh, from the 90s as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. I need one of those, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, no, I hope they bring back a ton of the voice cast. I love the voice cast for, for Batman Toss. They're all so great. I, I, I haven't heard anything about voice cast yet. I imagine there must be some news mm. soon because it's supposed to, it's coming out this year, so they must have a lot of stuff recorded or in the process. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we, we do have that audiobook based on the uh, animated series that's coming out, and that has the original voice cast in it, so who knows? That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, well, beyond that, that, that's it for me for news, but Brandon, you asked me a question about, you know, a, a fan favorite from our childhood. Let me ask you a question. What's, What's your up? favorite Zelda game? What it, oh, yes. <laughs> There's uh, plenty to choose. Your absolute favorite well, Zelda game of all context, time. Well, for context, I guess we should console. give our, our listeners some context. Um, <laughs> so on Discord, my username is the Hyrule Elf, um, and that's a username I've had probably since middle school at least, just because I was obsessed with Zelda. Um, I mean, really obsessed. Like, I still have my ocarina um, back in my in my dorm. Actually, I pulled it out of storage. Um, Bruh, I'm 43 years old, and last year <laughs> I, I bought last year I bought a Zelda shirt from GameStop. Oh man, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I I mean, I like I'm, I'm definitely not as obsessed with it as I was, but I still love the universe so much. Um, but anyway, they were they were finally finally someone decided to ask about <laughs> what my connection was to Zelda, um, and I, I sent a, I sent a panel from the Claremont X Men that was just like, uh, why didn't you tell us? And it's like, well, you never asked. So here you are. Here's your answer. Um, no, my favorite game, I think hands down, is is probably always going to be Majora's Mask. That one I I just had a lot of personal connection to because they did a, a 3D re-release back in. 2015 um and that was like the first video game i like saved up money for and and bought the day of like it was a day of release and i walked over to the game store they had a video game store near our middle school which was kind of weird but i wasn't complaining it was like a video game and magic store anyway um but yeah walked over bought it that same day didn't do my homework for three days just like sped through the entire thing well, it has um, to be three days because that's when the moon crashes. Of course, of course. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, I was obsessive because I wanted to 100% the whole thing. So I, you know, could mm. get all the items and everything. Like I painstakingly went through everything I could to get the great fairy sword and like all the other side quests, made sure I had every bottle and, and every enchantment I could have. So yeah, no, that's a game I love and I, I can still come back to Majora's Mask and, and have so much fun with it. Um, Mine... My 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 Zelda game that I once it came out I could never get enough of was Ocarina of Time. Oh yeah, that's that's a close runner up for me. And then um, to be honest, I mean there there was no game that I ever believed could ever touch that until I played Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a quintessential game. It, oh yeah, the, the best game of all time according to I think it was game right apparently yeah i mean i yeah. can i can definitely believe it um but rob since you asked the question not to turn it back on you what's your favorite yes. zelda game so my favorites and this will shock a lot of you i played a lot of fucking zelda games mm-hmm. but i can i can i as guess you should, as you should Go can i guess it. what your yes, favorite is yes and you'll never guess it legend of zelda 2 
No, I can't. Stand wait, wait. Can I? Can I, can I, can I guess? You said you said it's weird. So yeah, I'm go gonna guess it. it's either Wind Waker or um, I don't know. Like, Link's Awakening. Or hmm, what's the what's the I Spirit Tracks? Spirit Tracks. Wind Waker is Spirit, Spirit Tracks. Spirit Tracks was interesting, but it is Wind Waker. But that was it my is, first uh, Zelda. Yeah, Wind Waker was my first Zelda. I played Ocarina like three times. I've never once beat it. <laughs> oh, no, you have to. Yeah, I oh have to God. go yeah. one day. I will actually pull out oh. my Wii because I have it on virtual console and I will actually play that to complete. I will. I will hold I got, you I got that. stuck on Phantom Ganon and I just couldn't. I couldn't progress. Or I couldn't get the timing right on the on those orb blasts. Yeah. But honestly, my... Wind Waker was my first, but mm. I will put it up there with uh, Twilight Princess. I loved the art style and the story in Twilight Princess was just fantastic. I, I still Princess think Twilight Princess was yeah was was really underrated. Yeah. Um, Arbor's like... Grounds is honestly one of my favorite dungeons of all time. Oh I yeah, that one was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, that but, yeah, and, like, like and um, Breath they, of the Wild is. I I don't I don't know if you guys saw, but they did a a re-release of. Uh, Skyward Sword on the Switch. Yes, that um, was actually one that I I'll never touched. Yeah, I, so I didn't want to get that, into it on the Wii. That is again, I because I, I, I had Skyward Sword on the Wii, um, and I mean, if you know anything about that game, you'll know the controls in that are like atrocious because it it required yeah. oh, the Wii man, Motion yes. Plus, and it was just a pain in the ass. And like, I mean, I I remember th- there are many games where I've just like gotten so pissed, you just have to like take a break. But I remember just fighting Demise with the Wii Motion Plus was the most infuriating thing because it was like I you have to you basically had to wave your arm around up at the sky to catch lightning so you could throw it at Demise and then charge at him and swing. And it's just like, why can I not just press a control? Why do I have to raise my arms like I'm in an aerobics yeah. class? Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> Um, it's a cool idea, but horrible. Yeah, and well the thing is like I still think Skyward Sword was a great story. I, I, I mean, I like I, I, people still can disagree with that, but I still really like the story. It's just the controls were terrible and just soured the game. But they re-released it on the Switch, and I hear it's a lot better now. So who knows? Maybe that'll get you know a, a good like revisit. Oh yeah. yeah. Maybe one day we'll actually get Breath of the Wild too. Maybe it's coming. It's they're, confirmed. They're saying, and it'll be I don't know. Confirmed, it's... But we haven't had we've we've had news about <sighs> gotham knights since we've had news about breath of the wild honestly <laughs> we've had news about metroid prime 4 since we've had news about breath of well the they wild. had like that one trailer at e3 and then it was it was just like radio silence since then because yeah. i don't know if it's stuck in development or or something i have no idea yeah. but it's, it's you're just talking like about a game that they are going to have to follow up with what's been called the greatest video game of all time i know yeah. i know that's gonna take some development yeah, it's like i know it's been like five years at this point like come on guys what what got the ball rolling on the sequel to begin with is when they were building the first one there were so many ideas in the offices that they had to just cut a whole bunch of stuff because the game was already getting pretty full and as mm. we know the game is fucking massive yeah we're still oh, yeah. exploring shit to this very day yeah no and they i mean they, they really took the open world concept yeah. and just yeah. like fucking oh, ran yeah. with it more than than i mean really more than any other zelda game um closest i would we, put is is ocarina of time but even that like you compare that with breath of the wild and i love ocarina of time 
but it does feel kind of limited with just how much open world stuff is available in yeah. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, the, the Breath of the Wild, we beat that like two years ago and we still pick it up and play it every oh, yeah. once in a while. Yeah, it's, yeah, totally. It's fun to just roam around Hyrule. Yeah. And uh, just speaking of having to take a break, Brandon, Ocarina of Time was one I did have to take a break with because of the <laughs> damn Deku tree maze. Oh, my God. You're like flashbacks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 oh, man. I'd be like playing for 45 minutes and go, what the that hell? That and the, um, what was it? I think it was like the, the spirit temple with the two witches. Like the two witches oh, boss, yes. that was oh so infuriating. Like where I just I again, that. it's just it's that moment where you're like, I this sucks so hard. Um, <laughs> and then I'm trying to remember. I think I, I still think the hardest Zelda boss I ever had was the. I don't remember if it was Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time, but it was. I think it's. I want to say it's Majora's Mask with the giant fish. Um, yeah, like giant, that's Majora's giant fish. Fuck that boss. Oh, that boss sucks, the, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is, it is like, just awful. That, that, that dungeon is reviled as the worst dungeon in, or not necessarily worst, but the hardest dungeon. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah, like Zelda when I when I say terrible, it's like worst. yeah, it is an incredibly hard dungeon, incredibly hard dungeon boss, and it just it, it's like painful to go through. Agreed. But yeah, no, we, we there can, was uh... a, there was a couple books that were painful to go through this week, and if yes. you're not a Batman fan, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> like we said, it's a very Batman centric week, but uh, yeah. that's a that's a good segue, Josh. Um, before, before we hop into books. the lightning rounds, I just want to say Urban Legends and House of L came out this week. Urban Legends, even though it was all magic based, was pretty damn enjoyable. Damn, stealing House of again. L? That was my honorable mention. <laughs> oh, well, shit. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's fine. You already took it at this point. Um, House of L was really, 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 really long read, but it wasn't bad. It was just a lot. Mm-hmm. That's it. I hope I didn't steal anything. No, else no. <laughs> yeah, no. My my honorable mention was also going to be I, I like, I told myself I was done with Urban Legends after six, but it's just been pulling me back every issue because I see the previews and I'm like, all right, I'll try it. And then you read one story and you're like, yeah, I can check out the issue, and it's like four months later and I'm still reading it. Um, but yeah, no, Batman Urban Legends, like Josh said, it's a really great like magic focused issue. I think a great team up with Batman and Zatanna. Um, I think a, a really unexpectedly fun um, story um, from <clears throat> um, the White, or no, sorry, not the White Witch, from Eternity, who's a character I'd never heard of before. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, me either, actually. Yeah, I, I guess he was like they they give you like a little editor's note, like oh he appeared in this series, and I was like oh I've never heard of it, but I might check it out. It was like kind of cool. Um, and then, you know, a story from Ron V and, and Anan, which I was really excited for. The team from Blue and Green, which, again, didn't love, but I was excited to see what they could do in a DC book um, featuring the White Witch. And then... Um, Blue and Green is awesome, just saying. Yeah. I, uh, I know. When we have another live stream, we can, we can talk about that. <laughs> um, and then I think a, a really, really kind of sweet but, but hilarious story, which I think is to be expected from... Mark Russell featuring Ace the Bat Hound and Batman teaming up and working to fight against Russian mobsters and and uh, 
Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, um, Professor Strange, Hugo Strange, whatever. Yeah, anyway, Hugo. you know what I mean. Hugo Strange, yeah. Doctor Strange, Doctor I mean, Strange. The same. He's, He's technically something. He technically is a doctor, I think. So. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, Doctor Batman, Doctor. Anyway. Doctor. Yeah, yeah, no, urban <laughs> legends. There's I, doctors I would, I would everywhere. It. Yeah. I would, I would definitely. You know, I, I, I personally think that if you're in the DC universe, you probably shouldn't become a doctor because they all become supervillains. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a doctor in anything, chances are you're probably going to turn evil at some point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially if it's like some field of science. Man Bat, Victor Freeze, Hugo yeah. Strange. I mean, it goes on. Even if and you were like, if you had like a, I don't know, like, let's say like a doctorate in astronomy or something, if, if that's even a thing. Um, I'm sure there's, yeah. I'm sure there's some way that you would be turned evil, like, I don't yeah. know, like Doctor Star or whatever. Like you just Star Killer. Yeah, you would, you would like, there would be some origin where because you're a doctor, you would be turned into an evil villain. It just happens. Yeah. I think there needs to be a one shot about that subject. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, should we get into some of our lightning rounds before we get into our main reviews for this week? I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, to kick us off, we'll be looking at Robin and Batman number three, the conclusion to the Robin and Batman series. This is, of course, written by Jeff Lemire with art and colors from Dustin Wen and letters from Steve Wands. Um... Really, this was, uh, again, like kind of a, most of the series, a, a really a quick read. It just sort of picks up where Dick Grayson had left off. I think he's in kind of a, a harsher place than he was before, where instead of being afraid of the darkness, he's really embraced the darkness, and you can see him just wailing the crap out of some thugs alongside Batman, demanding to know where Killer Croc is. Um, we get some more scenes between uh, Bruce and, and Dick and Alfred, where Alfred is really pushing Dick to make sure that he's continuing his studies and going to school, and Bruce is just totally apathetic at first before Alfred kind of needles him and says, no, you need to make sure that your ward is going to school. Um, we also see that Dick has sort of become more antisocial, I would say, where um, someone invites him to play D&D, and he basically tells him to fuck off, which was very relatable <laughs> for me because I've been in that situation a couple times. Um <laughs> But before Dick can really kind of process any of that kind of stuff, um, the <clears throat> PA announces that uh, someone has entered the building and that someone is none other than Killer Croc, who, as we know, has been on the hunt for Dick Grayson for the past two issues and uh, now is found and located him at the school and uh, <clears throat> was going to hold the principal hostage and everything else uh, until Robin showed himself um, and while he does uh, eventually make his way to Killer Croc, Batman decides to intervene, but he himself is kidnapped, taken to the carnival, and so on and so on. Um, and really, again, I think the, that latter portion of the issue really just kind of wraps up um, a lot of the stuff with Killer Croc and, and Dick Grayson, especially um, tying back to their time together at Haley's Circus. Um, and I think kind of a really cool inversion of Dick Grayson's life where you know, Dick had all this love from his family, the Flying Graysons, whereas Waylon was just kind of forced to sit on the sidelines and watch all this love and care while having none of his own and being treated like a freak. So it's almost like they came basically from the same place, that circus atmosphere, but one was raised with love, the other was raised with nothing, and yet they've both found each other, um, you know, their, their lives interacting with the very strange points. Um, but... Uh, <clears throat> 
we do get the the final conclusion where uh, Robin is able to overcome uh, Killer Croc, stab him in the eye, and make sure that he frees Bruce, who had been hanging over a tub to drown, I suppose, um, for you know having that kind of final reconciliation where um, you know Bruce and and Dick. Um, really move past the darkness that they've been and, and Bruce in particular kind of says, you're, you're, you're good, you're, you're a good person. And I, maybe I've been a little bit harsher on you, but I am proud of you. Um, and again, the, the final resolution really is just that, that Dick sort of realizes that um, you know, maybe he can work in the darkness, but he doesn't have to be Batman. And he can have a different life, he can have friends and, and allies and be a sociable person, um, but not have to give in to you know, the Batman-like tendencies or anything like that. Um, and he can be, you know, a different hero. He can be a Robin, which I thought was really sweet. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, again, in terms of the conclusion, um, so I ended up giving this issue a seven and a half um, because while I, I love a lot of the ideas and themes in this issue, I do think it was just a little bit rushed in some places. And I think... Dick comes to some conclusions that feel a little bit unearned, um, where you know he seemingly is is fine in the darkness, and you know goes to rescue Bruce and everything, and has the little moment where Bruce is like, um, "I know you've been crying a lot, but I just want you to know that I am proud of you and all that stuff." But uh, at least for me, I just I I didn't really feel like we had any other indications as to why as to why. Dick feels like um, he is, I don't know, so much better off being with Batman than anyone else. I think he literally has a line that's just like, I, you know, I can't be without you. Um, but all the evidence we've been shown so far is that this version of Batman, at least, is kind of like an abusive asshole and really doesn't have, you know, that, that final moment where he realizes that I've been kind of a, a bad person until the very end. So him kind of realizing like, oh... He, you know, he trusts me and, and I, I don't want to be Batman and all that. I just, I, I didn't see the connection based on what we had been given in the prior two issues. And I, I feel like to get to that conclusion, you needed more scenes that showed, you know, Bruce and, and Dick's relationship um, both in the You're right. This of, should have been six issues. Yeah, both in the kind of the, the darker, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe not even six, but I feel like you just needed an extra issue or maybe you could have touched up Actually, no, I, I take that back. I feel like it's the perfect amount of issues. It just needed it needed more of that character stuff. I, I have in my notes that the story itself is fine. All the stuff with Dick and Killer Croc is great, and I love that. And the story works. It Really, really for me, it was just the character um, stuff that just, I think, really fell flat in this final issue. Like It didn't feel like it had a, a clear arc. It just felt like, Dick starts in one place, and I need to get him to another place, but I don't really know how to do that. Um, and, and again, maybe maybe it wasn't a, an issue thing. Maybe it would have been better with an extra issue. But I, I feel like it was, the, you know, story-wise, it's the perfect amount of issues. It just it just needed more work with the character stuff. So um, again, that was that was sort of my main problem with this. You know, this last issue, it just felt like a lot of that character stuff that Dick finally realizes at the end is just kind of unearned. Uh, I, I've been into this since issue one. I've loved it. I gave this issue an 8.5. Um, it is a little bit out there. It's definitely different from what we would expect. Of course, you know, Croc knowing Dick Grayson's um, 
secret identity and then being able to by that i mean just through the conversation you see he'd be able to figure out that batman was you know bruce wayne but it it was it was a lot of fun i did when this came out i started reading a like the first few pages and then i was like you know what and i went back to issue one and i read it as a whole slew maybe that wasn't Right, but yeah, it ended up getting a 8.5 out of me because it was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I can agree with that. It is, the art I think is fantastic. The watercolor, at least what I imagine looks like watercolor, is, is really nicely done. It's very subtle, but but really visually beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the story is just a lot of fun having this perspective of Dick Grayson in, in Batman's early years and his early years as Robin. It's something we've seen many times, but not like this. And I think is is a very interesting twist. But this issue, I, I, I did love this issue, but the story just, I, it's been years since I watched it, but it just reminds me of the end of Batman Forever. You shot. Uh, <laughs> interesting take. <laughs> It's just from what I remember from when I was a kid, because the last time I watched it was when I was a kid. It's the same idea. Batman's stuck, and Dick was being a dick, and then he puts on the Robin costume, and he goes and saves Batman and proves himself. And then Batman was like, okay, you're good after all. And then they go and take out the villain together. Yeah. Same basic idea. <laughs> but this was still, it was so much better. This was so much better. And you didn't have, a, like, a 25-year-old man portraying a 13 year old I have this weird feeling that I'll eventually forgive you for that <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that won't so at least I have that. <laughs> there you go alright that's Robin and Batman what's up next uh, we have Justice oh, yeah. League versus Legion of Superheroes number one Rob you can uh, get us up to speed on that yes, sir. So this is from Brian Michael Bendis writing with art by Scott Godlewski colors by Ryan Cody and letters from Dave Sharp. In the 31st century, the Legion are attending to a giant alien threat, and afterwards Triplicate Girl gets attacked by something, and one of the trio goes missing. This is due, apparently, supposedly, what I think is due to the great darkness seen in Future State Black Adam. The third Triplicate Girl ended up in the 21st century with the Justice League, who had their own run-in with the great darkness that nearly sucked Wonder Woman in, and with the help of John Kent, the two teams meet up in the present day, but all except the new Gold Lantern gets sucked away to who knows where. Now with this, I honestly, I rather enjoyed the Legion parts. When you have characters that are thousand years into the future, it's really hard to really get a pinpoint on their voices. So hmm. anybody writing it, to me, it could be interesting. But the League parts were just not interesting. They were not great. It was the same shit that we had before, the same dialogue same voices which makes sense but it's not voices that i'm into it's just too much talking black adam does not talk that much he doesn't need to talk that much he doesn't need to be that sassy he's brooding he's more brooding than batman and for a book called justice league versus legion of superheroes i suspect there won't be a lot of verses going on but that might be in part two so we'll see what's in store and just a nitpick from a lantern fan the gold lanterns in the 31st century He's arrested Bender Bending Rodriguez for drunk and disorderly. So why is the costume so basic? It's the same design the GLs wore a thousand years prior, and even then the whole core got to pick their own suits. And this guy might not even be from Earth. Why not change it up a bit, make it more stylized? That, and this is honestly just 
from coming from a Lantern fan, that stuck out at me. That you have all these people in the Legion from all these different planets, some from the planet Earth, with just wildly futuristic suits, and he looks exactly the same as a guy that existed a thousand years prior. It, it just seemed a little bit odd. Yeah, it would have been cool to have kind of a fresh, you know, new design for a, a brand yeah. new Lantern or something like that. I get the classic look, but... Um... Yeah. You know, maybe it might have been but cool. But this to... is—it's definitely not a classic. This is a very futuristic character. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. might have been nice to have something oh. like that. Yeah. All in all, I didn't hate it. I'm interested in what this gold lantern's about. We'll see if I guess the whole thing is being marketed as a mystery of the gold lantern, but Naomi was also marketed as the biggest mystery in the DC universe, and that was disappointing. So mm. we'll see how it goes. Well, I have a feeling how it's going to go, considering that Naomi was the biggest mystery in the DC Universe, and absolutely nothing has been solved two and a half years later. I bet <laughs> you we won't know shit by the end of this series. Yeah. I bet you everything uh, we know about the Gold Lantern now is all we will know. <laughs> yes. Probably, if I, if I had to wager a guess. Yeah. Um, but I did make the prediction that Gold, Gold Lantern's ring is the power is maybe tied to Naomi's and that's honestly just based on the color. It's definitely a possibility. I mean, I don't I don't what was the explanation for her powers? It was like some kind of crisis fallout or something that gave people on some earth in the multiverse powers or something like that and she was like a refugee. If I remember that miniseries correctly, it's been a while since I've read it. Um yeah. but like yeah, the I don't planet know. It was like superpowered people or something like that. Yeah, some something like that, which yeah, you know, I don't think is a terrible idea. I actually kind of like the idea of crisis fallout. I don't think, like, yeah, it's, it's something new, right? Um, yeah, but, something different. Yeah, um, but it just you know it didn't really go explored except for that one page of exposition. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, what what did you uh, what did you rate it? I, I gave this a seven out of ten. It's enjoyable for now. We'll see how it goes. Yeah take it with a grain of salt yeah no i uh, i also gave this a seven out of ten um i really dug the art from scott godlewski um mm-hmm. and i think it, it worked pretty well um especially when having to draw all these different characters here you know it, it can seem like it might be overwhelming but i think it kind of worked pretty well um the first issue was fine but if i learned anything from um what was it called event leviathan it's that first issues can be deceiving (laughs) so you can have a first issue that's a lot of fun and then it just immediately tanks after that so i'm not really holding my breath over this one um it was kind of fun you know that that page where it's just the league chatting with the the legion um which i mean christ what is this like the fourth version of the legion the league has met at this point like they've met the classic legion the 90s legion the mark wave legion the classic legion again then this legion i I feel like they've met so many legions it's funny black canary has like a line that's just like something like that it's like this is definitely a woe moment i was like dinah you've seen like four different versions of the league this for you should be old hat by now yeah, you, you you've just seen a lot. Your memories back up every time. Like, yeah, you like <laughs> you and the rest of the league have met so many different versions of the Legion. This should be like, eh, figures. Yeah. This happens every couple of years, but um, right. yeah. In, in terms of story, you know, not not a ton happens. It's mostly just set up. So I guess we'll see where it goes. I think there could be something cool with the Great Darkness, though. 
I don't know. I'm not, like I said, I'm not really holding my breath on how that's all going to play out. I suspect it probably won't be a lot, but, you know, uh, hope springs eternal, so maybe there will be something. Who knows? But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was, it was like a decent first chapter, I guess. Um, the great darkness of great darkness from the great darkness. Yeah, yeah. Sinmar. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess there is kind of a part of me that, I mean, for as interesting as it might be to see the great darkness, I do kind of wish that, that the Legion would just kind of move on from this. Like, it feels like the Legion have, like, three types of stories, and it's infighting or fighting with the United Planets, the Great Darkness, or the Legion of Supervillains. Like, it's one of those three, take your pick. So it would be nice to see something new for once, not just another retread of the Great Darkness saga, which is a great story, but, you know, you don't really have to Absolutely. ape off of, yeah, you don't have to ape off of their success. You can tell your own stories. So, like so I said. I am wrong. Right, so it's it's I'm not brushed up on my Legion history. That's not weird <laughs> to say, seeing as there are a thousand years in the future. It's not the same. You're not brushed up on your future history. Um, well, yeah, there there is a, a great darkness from the Great Darkness Saga where they, I think they meet Darkseid or like an effigy of Darkseid. It's oh. been a while since I've been through that story, but um, <clears throat> that is yeah, that's a um, that's kind of like a, a, a well known Legion story, like classic Legion story. Right. Um, from that era when the Legion was actually popular. Um, Fair enough. Now no one cares. Yeah. There was one other thing I forgot to point out. I don't know if you guys noticed, and maybe this is part of the, the style, I don't know. But when the League and Wonder Woman was being sucked in, initially when it was just the League, and then later when it was both the League and the Legion at the end of the book, the panel for the League getting sucked in was exactly the same dialogue from exactly the same people <laughs> in exactly the same way. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was supposed to be like a mirroring thing, where it's like the Justice League does it and the Legion does it. Um, or maybe I'm being too generous, but I, th I thought it was like, oh, I, I get I get what you're trying to do. Like, they're very different, but they're very similar in, in their own ways. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's Like I said, it's, you know, it's, it's a fine first issue. It, uh, it does what it needs to do. The question is, will it continue to do that for the next five issues? Who knows? Yeah. Um, I'm going to pass it over to you, Josh, um, with the caveat, let's, uh, let's try and keep this civil for my blood <laughs> oh, absolutely sake nope. and for everyone else's. <laughs> I know we've been uh, chatting I'm, a while I'm, for the lightning round, but I, you've been very quiet, I'm, I'm, so I wasn't sure if you had something <laughs> that you were sitting on. He's so smart. Uh, but no. So I was just um, like, let's, let's first, I want to say... First, I want to say that I did like Godlewski's art. I do. Um, as far as compared for the, the Legion of Superheroes, you know, no offense, but he's not Ryan Sook, who, who will just, I mean, he blew my mind when he drew that stuff. But second note, again, as I've said in nearly every single Bendis book, just because a character is on the page does not mean that they have to say something. But if they're not talking, no one's laughing. Uh, at the end of the at the end of the day, though, I had literally one comment about this, and it was sweet steaming piles of manure. What the hell was that? I gave it a four out of ten, and I'm really sorry, Godlewski. I could not get into that. It gave me a headache. 
Fair enough. That was that was pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was very it was very succinct. I'm 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 happy. You didn't give it a three. So yeah. There's that. There's that. So small levels of improvement, I guess. Um, well, with that, we can uh, make our transition into our main reviews for this week. Unless you had any other lightning round or honorable mentions you wanted to throw in. Mm, I do believe that's it. Yeah. But before we get into our main reviews for this week, we are going to take a quick commercial break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with Not a Robot. Now we're going to get into our main reviews for this week, starting with Detective Comics number 1048, part two of the Arkham Tower saga. Uh, as usual, Rob is going to give us the details on the main story as well as the backup story, so I'm going to pass it over to him uh, to let him kick us off. All right, so this is from writer Mariko Tamaki with art by Ivan Reese, inks from Danny Mickey, colors from Brad Anderson, letters from Ariana Maher, Maher, I'm sorry, and that beautiful cover from Urban Rodriguez. Hey, I do think it is Maher. Because well, I, yeah, had a, I think it's I, Maher. I, I, cause I had a principal named Mr. Maher, and he spelled it the same way. Well, what's his name? The talk show host is Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Or is that spelled yeah. differently? I don't know. I think, I think it's spelled like that. Yeah, I think it's spelled close. like yeah. that. So. Yeah. All right, Maher. Okay, That's Ariana the only Ma. time I will mention Bill Maher on this show. <laughs> right. This or on any show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So 14 <laughs> days after the tower is opened, Kate Kane goes undercover as a doctor looking for a job to get a closer look inside. The interview goes very well, and she does get the job after meeting the likes of Anna Vulsion, among other patients. Back in the underground base, Kate, Barbara, and Dick begin to formulate a plan to figure out exactly what's going on inside and how to contact a mysterious woman. Meanwhile, a look at Dr. Ware's childhood shows that his mother went insane and killed a bunch of people in front of him. She was admitted to get help, but he was, and he was to be taken care, oh my god, he was to be taken to a care home, but ran off before the car arrived. And now, with his mom's credit card and new freedom, he eats pizza menacingly and seemingly dangerously at the same time. <laughs> There's something a little twisted about Dr. Ware. Oh, yeah. And speaking of twisted, so we got Anna Vulsion, we got Toby Ware. Is Dr. Ocean's first name Handel? <laughs> These names give Tynan a run for his money. These yeah. Some really interesting character names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's levels that haven't been seen since early James Bond. Oh, goodness. Are but you, I, I, you I am going to. You are right there. Yeah. I, I am going to correct you a little, Rob. Uh, it, w- it was not his mother's credit card that he stole. I actually didn't notice this until I, I reread it oh, earlier this morning. Um, it was the doctor's credit card, which I think. Oh, like, yes. it was. Yeah. It was. If you look closely on like a little credit card, it says Harriet, I think London or something like that, um, oh, and you can you can see it's like you know it's the it's the woman's credit card. So I think it it really kind of shows that Weir is you know someone who maybe has a little bit more going on you know in his yeah, head than, yeah, than we even know that he's willing to kind of steal from the doctor who's really trying to help him. But yeah, yeah I, I I didn't notice that either until my my second read through, and I was like, whoa, this kid is little thief too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that does change things a bit. Like this, uh, Doctor Weir's got some stuff to him. There's a lot yeah. more story to go, and it's still a very fascinating story. I am very happy 
we're getting a detective story without Batman like we've been asking, but it still involves damn near every other bad character in Gotham. So to me, it's it's still on the right track, but not quite there. Mm. But this story is great, however. And I, I love Ivan Reese. I'm very happy he's on this book. You know me, Green Lantern fan. I loved him doing yes. it. Yes. So yeah. good. Great stuff. Yes. So this this gets an 8.5 out of 10 for me. It's part 2 of 12, so it's hard to really give a, a spin on the story right now. But what I can tell you is the character names are interesting and the story is fascinating. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Ivan Race, who also did Blackest Night. Yes. Just beautiful, beautiful I've stuff. got a poster of the cover, oh, but it's, it's slightly, like, it's it's almost like a 3D art. Yeah, it's the well, exact, it's the same pencils, but it's it's raised. It's yeah, so I I didn't I didn't realize, but like that cover, um, I guess is like, I don't know if it's like painted or it's like something like that where it has like that extra almost like an embossed look, where yeah. it's, it's not a, just like um, the typical one, but it's it's yeah, it's like really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't remember his name. I was gonna say it reminds me of somebody, but I, the the name was there. It's just not anymore. It'll come to you later. Yeah. Andre, um, oh dang it! What is his last name? Andre. Andre Trojan. No, he's <laughs> an he's an artist, and I'm seeing the last name Sinkowitz, but I know that that's not it. Uh, Andre Luna. No, he he did uh, one of the Black Label Joker books. I can't remember. Anyway. Oh, are you Sorrentino? Nope, not Sorrentino. He has a weirder last name. I can't. I have no idea. That's the only black label Joker book I can think of. Uh, There was, there was, there were two of them. Hmm. I can't remember. Anyway, I don't know. Um, But yeah, no, I, I I thought this main story was also pretty cool. Some really solid, like detective work from, you know, Kate Kane, just kind of investigating what's going on in Arkham Tower. Uh, also getting a look at it at Arkham Tower and some of the inmates, um, you know, people who seemingly are these insane villains just acting like very docile is interesting to see, um, especially, you know, Mr. Freeze and the one lady who thought she was Harley Quinn, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just like um, just solid stuff. I think for me, just as compared to the last issue, which was, you know, felt really high octane and it's just like, we're just leaping right into the madness. And this was kind of, it felt like we're slowing things down, which I appreciated, but I think there definitely could have been some scenes where maybe could have had a little bit more, you know, action or, and it doesn't have to be like fighting, just, you know, progress it a little bit more rather than just like kind of um, Kate and Dr. Weir walking around Arkham Tower and then talking. Like I might've liked to see more, coordination with the bat family or stuff like that it's kind of moving forward so i gave this a seven and a half like not bad at all just um you know a little a little bit slower than the last issue uh um what did you give it brandon oh i give it a seven and a half seven excuse me um i got a few comments here about detective um First is there is zero need for a Doctor Weir origin. He's dead, uh, but unfortunately, 
No doubt it will be continuing into next issue, maybe even the one after that. We got to find Makes out why they wanted to kill him, you know? <laughs> like no, we, got we don't. We got, we got chucked out the building. We got we to gotta find out, you know, some more backstory, like what happened that made the inmates just be like, ah, oh, fuck this guy, while they were all, you know, docile and, and ready to cooperate before. Oh, hey, dude, it was Sorrentino. Oh, Andrea, yeah. not Andre. Yes. Oh, man, yeah. my brain was... Okay, I feel better now. Hey, that's an easy um, mistake to make, honestly. But uh, second, Batman said he had someone on the inside. Batwoman is in there acting as Dr. Fro, and they have Harley locked up. If Batwoman is the inside person, what the hell is Harley doing in there? That well, part makes oh, no, no yeah, sense. No, that's not Harley. That's uh, Like I said, it's a, it's a woman who thinks she's Harley Quinn. And decided to okay. terrorize a mall or something, which I thought was all right, funny. That's so Gotham. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. All right. Um, third, who is Dick asking about being in the hospital? Because they don't even allude to who it is. And I can't see how that would be that big of a surprise. Unless it is that Harley girl. But again, I, think, I would yeah. have saw it as Harley being an inside person, but an impersonator, obviously not. Yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of the mystery. Everyone's kind of speculating who is the person they have on the inside. And I think, yeah. I don't know, but based on, you know, that, that last page that we had last week in 1047, my guess is it would be Huntress, who's probably just, like, embedded in Arkham right now and is keeping tabs on the inmates to see whether well. or not they go up in the deep end. But, again, we, we still kind of have to see, like, how they're all doing it. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Oh, okay. Also, Lemire did a black label joke about Killer Smile, just saying. Yes, yeah, that's the <laughs> that, one with Sorrentino. That's why I was like, yeah. is that the one? Is there another um, one? I didn't know. The The art looks great in Detective. Uh, yeah, there was Joker Harley, Criminal Sanity. Yeah, I didn't I didn't read comments. I didn't know. But anyway, um, the art looks great, like I said, but this was m- meatless. Well, okay, maybe not devoid of meat, but a little like ordering a steak and getting a slice of bologna. The art was really good. I was very disappointed in the rest of it. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Oof, harsh. Well, not really. That's not terrible. (laughs) Not from me. Yeah, that, that, that is fair. We got House of Gotham <coughs> House coming of up Gotham. next. Yes, yes sorry. <laughs> House of Gotham. House of Gotham, House of Wayne. It's House of Wayne, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <House> of... <laughs> okay, so uh, then this backup, this, this mystery titled backup. Uh, writer it's from writer matthew rosenberg with art by fernando blanco with colors by Jordi belair and letters from rob lee so as batman is recovering from his bout with the joker he instead goes out as bruce wayne to visit the young boy he saved this boy is in session with dr quinzel who specializes in costume folk and bruce has paid for a new care home for orphaned youth and is here to take the boy to his new temporary home what i did not mention is the boy decided to run away when he asked to go to the washroom and stumbled upon Clayface, who was actually really nice with the boy, but then the guards are real dicks. And really makes you think sometimes who the real criminals are, right? Yeah. 
it's just a little rough. I know. I, I really enjoyed this. I, the I first did too. one, the first first part was a little off, but that was just the intro stuff, and now we're starting to get to like the meat and potatoes of it. And House of Gotham starting to make a little more sense, maybe. But we'll we'll see where it goes. Uh, I like it so far. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I gave it an eight out of ten. I do enjoy some Matthew Rosenberg. Yeah, this one also got an eight out of ten for me. It was like I said, just kind of last week. It was a really interesting concept of you know a, a a family, a boy in particular that has kind of been affected by Gotham's madness, especially Batman and Joker, um, who's now thrust into this you know Arkham Asylum system and all that stuff and. Um, like I said, I, I, I think it's a cool concept, and you know, um, I, I just kind of see how they can play around with that. Um, yeah, it just it, it kind of worked for me, and I, I thought the the art from Fernando Blanco was was cool. It's just like kind of a cool side story um, that does its own thing and is kind of inoffensive. And um, I thought the the boy's little relationship with Clayface was kind of being really sweet. Kind of reminded me of um, when they had like the Cass and Clayface relationship in the Gotham mm-hmm. Knights book from Detective a little while back. Or, I liked that. Yeah, yeah it's just like, really it's like this was just like, yeah, Clayface kind of has a heart. Like, even if he is a disgusting mud monster, you know, the monster is on the outside, not on the inside. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, this this one, like I said, also got an 8 out of 10 for me. I, I, I kind of dug it. Well, I am never one to shit on uh, Rosenberg. But this entire story seems completely pointless, and I found the art really unimpressive as well. Just being honest, I could only give this a 5.75. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, if this kid grows up to be Nero 19, who cares? If this kid grows up to be Riddler, who cares? I mean, I honestly couldn't give two shits about who he turns out to be, unless it's like another mysterious Batman relative like hush which just uh, you know i mean none of that ah i'm not gonna go into it too much more i got a 5.75 out of me and i'm just gonna leave it there harsh is this week josh is playing the role the role of russian judge i know my god <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole book got a six out of ten for me it just it really let me down this week in a huge way especially how much i've loved detective comics up until this point yeah, this well, this one got a you know seven point seven five for me at least. Like you know, uh, if the even if the main story was kind of slowing down from the intensity of last week, I still thought like I understood the purpose of it and I, I understood why you kind of need an issue like this. Maybe if there were some things that I would have liked to have seen, but um, otherwise, like it, it was just kind of solid. And then you know, I thought the backup like still kind of an interesting concept, and um, you know, I just I dig the art and and I, I, I dig where. You know the story might be going, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I, I don't really have a problem with it. But uh, how about you, Rob? Uh, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see where it's going, and I don't think this kid's really going to be anybody. I think this is just going to be uh, a little story that Matthew Rosenberg made up, and that's that's mm-hmm. all it is. I don't think this is really going to be. It's not not continuity, but it's not important to continuity. It's just a thing. Yeah, sometimes it's just like you have these little, you know, side stories, and um, it, it, I guess it just kind of depends on your taste. Like maybe if you want something that's more important and more relevant, you might be a little bit, you know, um, unhappy with this. But if you're just looking for like a story of, 
you know, people in Gotham that are affected, like a boy whose life is just kind of turned upside down. Like, yeah, this kind of works for you. And maybe because I, you know, I'm not really picky on that stuff. Like, it, it kind of worked for me. But I understand if you, you know, want something that feels like it needs to be more relevant. Um, so, yeah. But with that, uh, I feel like we should probably do something a little bit lighter, maybe. Something that's a little bit less depressing. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Fe- I feel like we've been talking a lot about, you know, all the craziness in Gotham and, yeah. you know, well, you know what's little less kid. depressing and a little well, lighter? I, I was just going to say, something that I feel like will get our spirits up a little bit, uh, and that oh, is hi. the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great way to segue. Uh, that would be the Joker number 11. A fun, lighthearted story for the whole family. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to pass that one over to Josh, and I think he's going to summarize it uh, with a, a big old smile on his face. Yeah, because what's more lighthearted than uh, cannibalism and murder? Of course. Exactly. Almost killing teenage uh, girls and getting rich off of it, because yeah. he found oil. Like last Friday? Or, oh, shit, shouldn't <laughs> oh, have wait, said that. what? <laughs> we need to have a talk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Written by James the Tiny Onion Part 4 with an art team made up of Giuseppe Camicoli, Cam Smith, Lorenzo Ruggiero, Adriano Di Benedetto. Ooh, I have a hard time saying his last name. Arif Prianto and Romulo Fiardo Jr. with lettering by Tom Napolitano. The cover was from Camicoli, Smith, and Prianto, and it looks pretty good. So this one starts out with that weird hillbilly family, the Sampsons. First in a flashback where they join up with the secret organization that runs everything in all things, the network. Very creative name, Tynan. <laughs> then we are still with them as it changes to today where old Mr. Sampson tells them to get ready because they will be eating clown meat tonight. Next, Jim Gordon is not dead. He wakes up in the hospital and immediately remembers what happened and that the Joker is about to be seasoned and appreciated. He needs to jump that, that probably shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that joke if I was going to describe it that way. Uh Anyway, (laughs) he needs to be, he needs to jump up, but Barbara walks in and tell him that he's in Gotham. She also tell him that, she also tells him that he has been benched that she's just going to call Cressida and say that she's on the job now and her friend will be tailing the plane Barbara is in with another plane, unnoticed, undetectably tracked, and if necessary, be able to save Barbara from the ride with Cressida, all by her friend Julia. There is a... That seems like a lot. There... Is, is a lot of <laughs> there. There is a lot of inner dialogue with Jim before he finally thinks to himself that he knows what he has to do next, but needs to know more about where he would be going. Gordon calls Bullock, who was doing some digging for him when he found out all of the information about the Samson family, about how Billy the Brute was set to take the fall. He did twenty-five years in Arkham. He was not supposed to have a hair harmed on his head, but after those 25 years, he was put to death, and that strictly goes against what the Sampson family had agreed to with the network all those years ago. Gordon leaves to get Bullock and go somewhere, and his inner monologue says he's thankful he'll have a Batgirl tailing him. On his way to pick up Bullock, he stops to get some high-grade surveillance tech and bulletproof clothes 
and a private plane. Meanwhile, in the Hall of Cannibalism, the Joker has arrived and immediately insults Mr. Sampson. I'm going to have to start putting in laugh tracks. You guys suck. (laughs) (laughs) He insults Mr. Sampson, who slices Joker across the face and tell him that he's not there to talk just to get the first taste. My favorite part of this issue was the way the ghost of Joker that haunts Jim's thoughts was drawn. That's my favorite part, man. And every single time it looks amazing. The story is confused, but I'm the, the story is fused. The story is good, but I am still confused why I am not reading Jim Gordon International Spy number eleven. It was a really good story though, with good art to boot. And while I was getting bored with this, this issue and the last one finally has me interested in what is going to happen. It's just the first time that I've ever seen a nine issue setup, but I will give this an eight. It was kind of the opposite for me. I, I, I just I feel like the series has been losing a lot of steam. And I, I don't know if that is just because they've been doing the, the break chapter set in the past or, or something. But I think I, I could just, I mean, after like issue eight or so, I could just really feel like it was starting to lose steam. Um, and it's, it's almost getting a little, frustrating isn't the right word, but it's uh, just like almost like I, I don't even care anymore. Um, I mean, I do, but I'm, I'm starting to feel like, why should I care? Um, like, I mean, I got halfway through, you know, this issue basically to the point where Jim is sort of thinking about, um, you know, the what what Babs is going to do and, 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 you know, how he's not that great of a detective and or at least he's not a, like a wonderkin detective or whatever. Literally, I was just like, I just, I basically just skipped to the punchline back up because I was just like, I'm just going to come back to this. Like, I, I need to take a break because uh, this just feels like a lot. And I, I don't. Wow, it's monument as monumental as a Zelda game. I yeah, I know. Well, not not in that way. That's more like I need to take a break before I break something. This was more go. like I need to take a break because I'm I'm getting bored. Um, and, and maybe it was, again, it's just like, it feels like the pacing is just slowed down and we're just kind of dragging it out until we get to issue 14 when the story is over. Um, and, and I think that, plus, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Cam and Coley. Um, I just, I never really liked his faces. It's always just kind of been a point of contention for me. And, and I don't think it was that much better here, especially. And so just like that mixed with other things was... I don't know. It just it just didn't feel like it was working for me. I love the opening. All that stuff with the Samson family is great. I am, I, I almost wish we'd just gotten an issue with them because I would have loved to find out more about them. But it, I don't know. It just something wasn't working, and I just felt like I was getting bored. Um, like I think it's just a pacing thing where it's like you know, the Samson family. Jim talks with Babs, finds out about the Samson family. They take him to Texas. End of issue. Like it just I don't know. It, it I don't know. See, I don't like, not, I don't like I'm using... on the opposite side of that fence. I feel like the whole first eight issues could have been summed up with two people in it and just two lines of dialogue. Where are you going, Jim? I'm going after Joker. Where are you going, Jim? I'm going after Joker. And that, that I don't, I, I just didn't get any meat out of that. And I, don't, I, I feel like finally it's getting some direction. See, I, I guess I didn't, I, yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> mind the hunt. I, again, I think it was just like, 
where where is this leading towards i think is my thing where you know it, well i have a sense of where it's going to go some final confrontation between vengeance the samson family joker and gordon but i don't know it just it feels like it's it's dragging its heels to get there and and i'm just like yeah what where where are we going to get to that final point like how how much does it feel like we're going to drag this out so yeah it just it didn't really work for me as much and and i think that was just kind of a disappointment because i still had a lot of interest in this you know kind of jim gordon manhunter story but it feels like it's just been dragging its heels for like the past two issues so this got a seven out of ten for me at least for the main story uh, first off, Cool Kingsman reference. I yeah. really, really <laughs> thought that was really nice. Knightsman, yeah. That's awesome. Which I, I was meaning to look up. Is there like an actual, in the creators, is there a connection to Mark Miller's original story? Or maybe I didn't, but we'll find out. Uh, but I thought that was really cool. Um, I completely agree with what you're saying that is been dragging and I 100% believe it's because of those issues in between those those middle chapters with looks into the past which I get the whole idea it's it's part of the style it's part of the not part of the story but part of the idea that this book well it's called the Joker it's about Jim Gordon and the Joker and you're looking at the relationship between Jim Gordon and the Joker and how that translates into modern day and how much the joker's always haunted jim gordon so i do understand why we're getting those issues but it definitely is hurting the way the story is progressing and a lot of people are going to check out at this point we're getting close to the end if i remember right tinian said uh he's going to be on until issue 14 yes so yeah. we're definitely getting close to the end there's only three more issues to go with this story hopefully no more breaks because we're getting there yeah, it's it's most likely going to come to a head with Gordon and Vengeance and uh, the uh, the Texan family. I don't remember the hell. Yeah, Samsons and yeah. Samsons <laughs> and 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 Hopper Hooper Hopper that county in Texas. And it's going to be a lot of them, guns drawn, fists blazing, and Joker smiling, <laughs> and somebody's going to die. But who? But beyond that, there's more to the story, and Gordon has figured out who it is, who has to benefit from all these events happening and causing all these events to happen. So he's figured it out, and now that's where we're going to go from there. He's, he's definitely going to Texas with Bullock, and we're going to come to a head there, but then he's going to have his Sherlock moment. Even though he says he's not a great detective like Sherlock, he's going to have a Sherlock moment where he's going to walk around the room and play. So... I bet you're wondering why we're all here. Well, you're here because of this, and you're here because of that, and it's going to be fucking awesome in, like, issue 12 or 13, and then issue 14, Barbara's going to be like, Dad, the hell? You're supposed to be in bed, and it's like, you know, it's going to be fun, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. That's my prediction, but... <laughs> Come on, right? Dad. I, I, I'm really enjoying it still. Like, I love this story i don't love the background stuff i don't love the the looks in the past as interesting as they are they're not what's drawing me to the story so as long as we keep going at least till issue 14 with this story i'm into it because we're getting close to what i really want to know is who the fuck caused a day yeah because that's what caused all the other shit in gotham going on right now simon saint did we already found that out simon saint framed the joker to cause a day which would have given him the reason 
to give Gotham the kick in the pants, more importantly, Nakano, to allow the magistrate to come in. That happened? I it don't, don't remember yes, that. I do not remember that. <laughs> oh, shit. When was that? Um, Sometime in the last, what, I don't know, eight or so issues. Is it really? No, I remember Saint staring out a window, talking shit about how he's going to blow stuff up, blowing stuff up, and then saying, don't worry, they'll never know it was us, or something along those lines. Was that in Joker? I don't remember that. I don't think it was in Joker. I think it was in Batman or Detective. Huh. Huh. I could I be wrong. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> he said, yeah, guess, you yeah, sure could be. <laughs> um, well, either way, there, there's definitely more to the story. Like Beyond even just who caused A-Day, there's who mm-hmm. has to gain from causing those villain clones to come out of hiding too soon and all, all the other shit Jim Gordon talks about, which I still think is the Court of Owls somehow, but yeah. we'll see. Because why else was Chris Hibbett and the Court of Owls involved? We don't even know that yet. Yeah. Or did... No, I don't think so. Anyway, uh. but yeah, 8.75 8. for me. I'm really digging it still, as long as we stick with this story. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I, I love the story. I, I still like the, the idea of the story. It just, again, for me, it, was, it just felt like it, it kind of was dragging, especially in this issue. But maybe the next one will yeah. be better, I hope. I do want to see Vengeance break out of this. I hope this is not this story is not the end of Vengeance because I think that that is a character. Since we don't, we definitely don't have Bane anymore. I think that is a good character that could use some development. But already there's been some really good seeds planted there, and it would be neat to see a Bane with that kind of personality. Weirdly enough, you saying that kind of made me think that maybe her dying in that you know, final issue would be kind of poetic because it's like, you know, you've basically been trained your entire life to be a, a puppet and a pawn to just hunt whoever Santa Prisca wants you to hunt. You've never had that freedom until now and you start to question it. And Maybe the only way you can find that freedom and that release is, you know, to, to basically just like Through fade the off. Sweet so, it, so, it sounds death. dark, I know, but I don't know. I, I feel like you could, you could do something kind of poetic with that, maybe work it out. Fair enough. You, you get the wheels turning in my head. I was like, hmm. well, what, what would happen? What kind of story could you tell if she did die? Well, not many about her. <laughs> well, yeah. She, she'll be gone, but, you know, I mean. It's a sacrifice you're willing to take. Yes. Understood. Punchline. A little heartless, but anyway. <laughs> Punchline, right. Yeah, uh, was the setup <laughs> written, yes. written by saying written by Sam Johns and James Tynan the fourth with art line oh man with art by Balin Ortega colors from Aliando Sanchez and letters from Becca Carey this all focuses on Harper and Leslie taking Kelly into the police station where no one believes her after some heated exchanges Leslie says, let's call it a day, and Kelly heads to the bathroom to splash water on her face and relax. I guess? I never understood that. Putting cold water on my face would not make me relax. It would wake me up and probably annoy the shit out of me. But in any case, one of the cops comes into the bathroom where she's at and tells her that if she's ever able to track down other witnesses, 
Be sure to let them know, and they'll track them down, too. She says that as we see a royal flush gang tattoo on her, in her wrist, which undoubtedly has gone unnoticed her entire career as a police office, to be sure. Prior to that, though, we see that Cullen Rowe's boyfriend is actually the Ace of Diamonds, the eventual leader of the Royal Flush Gang, and he is really good at manipulating Cullen, who is, by the way, way more than 100% certain that Punchline is innocent. The art looked amazing in this issue. Man, Alejandro Sanchez can do no wrong. Here's the proof. It looks gorgeous to me, and not just because the art, but the colors make it amazing as far as the story goes i am patiently waiting for an issue that will make me give a shit again because i don't think i've had that since sweeney boo left the book um i gave this a six out of ten and mostly it was the art that saved it the whole book as far as the whole thing goes joker is getting better punchline is getting worse but both had stellar art i gave the whole thing a seven out of ten so once again, I'm on the flip side where this issue of, or this backup of Punchline, I actually enjoyed more than I kind of had in the past, whereas the main story of Joker is just kind of a disappointment. And, um, you know, I think I think art is definitely a factor in that. I much prefer Belen Ortega's pencils to, you know, Giuseppe Camifoli's. Um, That's true. And I, uh, you know, Belen Ortega, up and coming talent. You can tell it's very, very talented. Um, so it'll be exciting to see what other stuff she does in the DC universe. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, this was like short, stink, but I, I, I feel like I got, I feel like I got a sense of everything and it just, it felt solid enough that I was like, yeah, this is like, this is, this is just a solid chapter. It wasn't great, but it just kind of worked. Where it was like, okay, we have our time with Kelly and with, um, <clears throat> um, with, uh, with Cullen and, and with everyone else, we're just kind of getting, like, just just caught up on them for a little bit before we move forward. And I was like, yeah, this this is fine. Like, it just, it, it just, it, it, again, I don't really have much else to say other than it just kind of was effective and it worked, and you know, had me at least somewhat interested for the next chapter. Cool. Yeah, I'm still interested in where this is going, but it feels like. Kelly's been in the interrogation room for three chapters now, and Cullen's been, like, hemming and hawing about how evil his boyfriend is for, like, six chapters now. So while the story seems to be progressing, it also feels like it's gone nowhere since chapter two. Pretty much. Yeah, I'm interested in the story. I'm interested to see where it's going to go, mostly because of a book we're going to be talking about later with something I noticed. Uh, right now, shit's hitting the fan for the old Roll family, mm-hmm. so that sucks. But I love Bluebird, <laughs> so yeah, right. yeah, we'll we'll see. As long uh, as she makes it out of it, I'm okay. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Cullen making it out as well too, as long as he stays on the side of good. Yeah, no, I definitely want Cullen yeah. to make out make it out of this. I want him to die. Yeah. Um. No, he I needs to, he needs to make it out of this so that Black Alice can come back, kidnap him, and then we got a Black Alice versus Bluebird story again, and that will be wicked cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, as for this, I, I don't know how far this is going. I don't know if that's been solicited. If 
Joker 14 even has a solicit yet. I think that'd be April, so the, that hasn't come out yet. So we don't really know how far Punchline's going, if it's also going to end at 14, how far this book's going to go. So hopefully we're coming to a close soon because I just want to see what the hell the point of this is. And if it ends with Punchline just getting out, I'm like, what the fuck was the point? Yeah. Keep you buying a the long, book. A long, long, long story just to say Punchline broke out of prison. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like this could have probably been done in six issues. Yeah. Like the whole story all wrapped up. But in, I mean, that's that's picking straws. Yeah, well, I definitely think it's longer than it needs to be, but I, I, I do kind of like these check-ins where it's just like they were, you know, prepping her for a, a potential trial or just trying to find out more information. Like that stuff is kind of cool. It just feels like, you know, very grounded detective type stuff. Of like, how are we going to yeah. work this out? Like that, that, I think that's why it was effective and it worked for me at least, where it's like, okay, at least for this, this very small period. That's the stuff that I'm interested in, but it, it definitely feels like it's it's longer than it needed to be, um, at least with oh, some chapters. But then those same detectives were, were just such dicks and offended <laughs> Leslie Tompkins. Yeah. So screw them. You yes, don't hurt no, Leslie Tompkins' feelings, damn it. She's definitely, too good for this world. Definitely screw them. <laughs> uh, they're punchline, part of the royal seven flesh. Seven and a half game. out of ten. Uh, all around, I think I'll give it an eight point one five if we can do that because that's like right in the middle. I'll give it an eight for now. Yeah, the to be fair, fi- final score bad. for me at least was uh, seven point two five, which I think is fine just with the main story in the backup. It's you know just kind of average. Like I, I did enjoy the backup more, but it's still just not incredibly impressed with the overall package me either did you give your score though did i yeah Yeah. i uh i gave my score when i was done yeah i gave punchline a a six i gave punchline a six joker an eight giving the whole book a seven okay like i said joker's getting better punchline's getting worse both had great art. All right. In my opinion. Well, then we can move to something that is actually more positive and, and more family-friendly, I would say, which is our next book, Batgirls number two. <clears throat> Certainly one that, that feels a lot more lighthearted um, than the depressing Joker and Punchline stories. Uh, but this is, of course, brought to us by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad with art from Jorge Corona and colors from Sarah Stern with letters from Becca Carey. Uh, so after the Batgirls have their little introduction and TAT with the Saints, the, I guess, former employees and continued believers in Simon Saint and the Magistrate, uh, they return to their horrible, crappy little apartment where Steph is just real sad because they feel like, or Steph feels like they have nowhere to go and nothing to do and <clears throat> they're just aimless at this point and um, thankfully Babs is kind of able to just say hey at least we have each other which is very sweet but also not really helping because yes they have each other but they're still like wanted and on the run and living in a dump but in any case <clears throat> we find out that the saints are not working for Mag- not working for the magistrate and Simon Saint as they claim 
but are being manipulated by Seer, who is using his deep fake technology or something like that to imitate being Simon Saint and speak directly to the saints. Um, meanwhile, <clears throat> the Batgirls are sent on yet another mission looking for the uh, <clears throat> Hill Ripper, uh, where they briefly intersect with a, a some kind of gun-running operation or something like that with the Hills Angels um, before returning back to uh, base and getting Babs all caught up on that stuff. <clears throat> um, but it's, yeah, I guess that really the rest of the issue just kind of deals with a, a lot more of the setup stuff. We get uh, check in with the reporter that we'd met in the detective comic, or the Batman backups, Chris O'Halloran, who's talking more about the uh, mysterious graffiti artist, Tudor, who's been working uh, in the neighborhood and also talking about the conspiracies that have been involving the Batgirls and whether or not they blew up Arkham Tower and everything else like that. Um, and uh, the Batgirls do uh, uh, some brief little legwork for Babs again, installing some new technology on the tower um, before intervening with uh, one of their neighbors who had been robbed by some very, very whacked out looking people who may or may not be brainwashed. Although as we later find out, they almost certainly are. <clears throat> as the Batgirls chase after those people who had tried to rob the uh, man who <clears throat> is known as Mr. Something, Mr. Dolly something. Um, basically, you know, really wanted the Batgirls to try and, and keep a lookout for um, his, his missing uh, purse or whatever it was that had been stolen as it had belonged to uh, his wife or something like that. But as they follow the perps who had um, stolen the stuff from Mr. B, as I'm just going to call him, or as Steph calls him, uh, they find their way to a some kind of rally or something uh, that Tudor is giving, talking all about Gotham this and Gotham that, and giving his whole spiel that really seems to be brainwashing the people in the crowd uh, and seemingly has some kind of mysterious effect on Steph that may or may not turn her against Batgirl, but it seems like it will because the title of the next issue is Batgirl vs. Batgirl. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's cute. I think I said that in the last issue. It's it's very cute and it's fun, um, but <clears throat> you know it just it's 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 kind of hard to get the full sense of, of what it is because it, it does feel very juvenile at points. And I, I love the art from Jorge Corona, but you can definitely feel the tone that they're going for. And um, I just again I, I still feel like I have to settle into that kind of Batgirl book before I can really appreciate that because. I love the setup. I love the concept of, you know, three Batgirls living together, just trying to figure it out. But um, as for how much I really am interested in, in the tone of the series, at least, and something that, that does feel a little bit more juvenile, uh, I don't know. I, again, either, either I have to settle into it or I'm just going to kind of lose interest and, and maybe not keep up with it. We'll see. But uh, I gave it a seven and a half. Or no, sorry, I gave it an eight. Um, I originally gave it a seven and a half, but I decided to be nice and give it an eight because I just love the art from Jorge Corona. It's so expressive. Um, but yeah, it just, I don't know. It, like, again, I, I love the idea. I love the setup. I'm, I'm interested to see where some of the stuff in the hill is going, but I just don't know how much I'm, I'm really vibing with the tone right now. And um, maybe I, I, hopefully, I will settle into that at some point later, but as for now, I just, I don't know that it's working 
um, you know, a ton. So that's how I felt. Yeah, I am right there with you. It, it's interesting enough of a story. I like the art. I love the concept. It's it sounds the way you describe it. It sounds like a sitcom, <laughs> but it's not. You're right. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly, I'm having trouble keeping interested as much as I like the idea. I but personally, I think there's just too many bad books. Maybe that's all it is. Well, at least for sure this week. At least yeah, for sure this yeah. week. Yeah. Things I can't wait to to see are things I'm looking forward to. I can't wait to see if the Spellbinder hints pay off because there's even more posters featuring Spellbinder's kind of color scheme and symbols. And it really seems like that idea could be going somewhere. If there will be a Batman Beyond connection, we'll have to wait and see. But that's really so far the only thing that's keeping me interested it's a 7 out of 10 for me It's I really like the art and I like the idea but the story is just kind of bland mm-hmm. mm. I mean the, okay this isn't bad I like the uh, idea of the Batgirls in it's current I don't know I guess format or whatever the way that they've got things set up I, Oracle over top of the two Batgirls that, I think that's really cool I want yeah. this book I think Clunan is a great writer Conrad's a different story, but that's totally unrelated. This is all related to everything that's going on in the overarching theme of the Gotham books. It feels related, relevant, and disjointed at the same time to me. There's this heavy feeling of a YA presence here, but not quite. So I I just, I think this definitely needs to pick a lane and stay there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this this might be the first time that I have ever said that Jorge Corona's art just did not do it for me. This this was okay. It was better better than average, but it wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. It's I gave Batgirls a seven out of ten. Dun dun dun. Nice. Well, we can transition into our last book for the week. Uh, yeah, is, we finally uh, get to talk about a Batman book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As if we haven't been talking about Batman <laughs> books for the past, you know, hour and a half. Um, Afternoon for a Batman book. Yeah, uh, but that is I Am Batman number five. Josh is going to get us caught up on that, so take it away. All right, we'll do. Did we do an I Am Spartacus joke yet? I don't think no. we did. As if we haven't, like, but, we're failing. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that's, that was definitely a missed opportunity. Yeah. All right, well, I got a couple coming up, I think. I think I can work in some jokes. Maybe not a Spartacus one, but... Anyway, I am Batman number five. Or rather, he is, I'm not. Written by John Ridley, art by Christian Doucet, Juan Ferreira, Ferreira, oh my God, sorry, (laughs) and Laura Braga with Rex Locus on colors, ALW's Troy Petiri doing the letters, and a cover from Ken Lashley and Juan Carlos Fernandez which looks pretty cool. Uh, This starts with Jace experiencing delusions while one of the magistrate-looking dudes called a Talos Trooper is holding him by the neck. uh, Lucius Fox is watching. They call him a pretender, Batman, and a member of the Cult of Masks, which is something that Lucius Fox himself made up, not that he started, but, like, made it up in his head. Um, So Noonan is with 
Lucius, who pretty much tells him how to do things, commands the Talos Trooper to make an example out of Batman, since he wanted to be a simple, which... Well, that was all inner dialogue in Jace's head about wanting to be a simple, so him saying that doesn't really track. Val is just barely getting through to Batman because of radio interference, but does not get enough con- but gets just enough contact to remind Jace of something that they did in Vietnam. Either Val or Jace blows up the nearby electrical panel and then begins to whoop the snot out of the Magistrate Kids edition. Jace, uh, <laughs> thank you. Jace starts to lose and then pulls down a mountain of scaffolding on the remaining small soldiers. They are recovering as Lucius and Colonel Dickhead watch, and that's when he, and I don't mean Lucius, activates switches in their suits to AI unkill mode, but weapons free. That phrase kind of seemed weird to me. Meanwhile, Tamara has come out of the coma, but has lost control of her most of her motor functions. The doctor seems to recommend that they go to New York. Surprise, surprise, to nobody. Apparently, weapons free means full-on weapons, as they wish... At, uh, excuse me. Apparently, weapons free means full-on weapons, as the wish they were G.I. Joes unload on innocent civilians. Batman steps up, starts to win, and then with one move, again, starts losing the fight, and he gets his cowl broke open. It's busted open enough, just enough, for Lucius to see that it's Jace under the mask. He initiates a system purge of the armor using his handy-dandy Captain Crunch wristwatch, which lets Batman get the upper hand again because he suddenly knows that the suits aren't powered up anymore. Next, we see Lucius and Jace talking in the park. Lucius says that he's going to therapy. Jace says Tamara and his mom are going to New York and he'll probably follow them. It's brought up that Jace wanted to be Batman to go to war for justice. Lucius makes a comparison to the original Batman. Jace complains that he's always the other Batman. And Lucius tells him to lose the faceplate to show that he's different and to be a symbol for all. Next, sans faceplate, Jace is in New York. This felt really, really lackluster. I'm hoping that with the move to New York, we'll get some stability in the story, some in the continuity, ideas carrying over from the previous issue. We are only on issue number five, and I feel like all of that has been missing in these books. It really bums me out because I was such a strong advocate for this book. Now, man, I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see what Jace does out from the under of Bruce's so-called shadow. Out from under Bruce's so-called shadow, but really, there's not been a shadow cast over Jace as far as Batman goes. He's just been out doing his old thing. But at this point, it's more wait and see than hopeful. The art is great. The whole twenty-some pages of it was to reveal Jace's identity to Lucius, and that huge detail just kind of gets swept under the rug like it's no big deal. I am seriously unimpressed with this, art notwithstanding, though I did have a couple of issues with that as well. There's one panel where Batman looks like Frank Miller drew him in a fat suit. The cover was my favorite part of the issue. The story has good bones. It just, it shouldn't be this disappointing, man. Um, 
I gave I Am Batman number five a six. See, once again, I was on the opposite side. I feel like I've kind of been lukewarm on some of the aspects of this uh, series, but this was the one where I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of interested again. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like for so long um, they had kind of abandoned the plot that Jace was meant to be a symbol. It was trying to be a, a newer and different Batman that was you know, a symbol for a different community. And I was like, well, that's a cool idea presented it in the first issue and then they kind of just didn't really do anything with it this was the first time we actually get to see a mention of it and i mean you know i it almost made me kind of want to go back and maybe re-examine two three and four and see maybe were there some kind of subtle references to to that idea that we didn't really see where now in issue five you know you basically have people in the community that are like hey it's you the batman who helps us out like fuck these magistrate guys like we're we're totally we're totally down for our Batman and we're gonna, you know, mess you up and all that stuff. And I was like, that's that's actually like I feel like we're kind of getting back on track. And my, my hope is that that can continue into New York City with um with Jason in a new community. But no, I like I was I was actually really on board with this issue. I, I was surprised at how much I, I really dug it. It was you know, action packed and all that stuff, but it just felt like we're finally getting back to the what the promise of this series was meant to be. Um and I, I was much more uh, impressed with that um, and I think I know which panel you're talking about when you say the Frank Miller one um, Frank I, Miller drew I, I thought, a fat suit I thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought that was a cool reference but I know you don't like the Dark Knight Returns so um, I can understand why I mean, you might have been unhappy with that um, but yeah no otherwise it, it was like no I, I actually really really dug this one and, and um, I think probably had my favorite line of the week which was um, the, the Talos commander guy, after seeing Jace's faceplate get smashed open, he's looking at the screen and says, hmm, look at that. Definitely not the real Batman, which I just thought was really funny. Because, um, like, obviously the implications there. Like, oh, yeah, of course he's not the Batman that we're used to for obvious reasons. But it, it was just the way that he said that line was just really funny to me. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I dug it. It was, was action-packed. It felt like it was finally getting back to what I had wanted out of the series in the first place, and, and hopefully the, the New York stuff continues that. So I gave it an 8.25 out of 10. Well, I'm glad someone enjoyed it. How about you, Rob? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going through my review again, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of all over the fucking place. I, I just realized like how, <laughs> how indecisive I am, because I scored it higher than I'm thinking now that I probably should. <laughs> Um, I gave it an 8.5 upon first read. I only had time to read it once. And I enjoyed this more than the other issues. But there's just something about Jace as Batman. I love Jace as a character. I think he's a great character and I want to see him flourish. But I feel like being Batman is not right for his character. Like his him <laughs> as a character is being held back because Batman has a, a cred to him already. And to have this character that has such different ideals and different methods and different ways. We've talked about that in the past. Uh, I remember in the second issue how he tried to be a different Batman but ended up being the same Batman. And that, to me, hurt the character. So I would love to see Jace flourish. Maybe something other than Batman. But on the flip side, maybe New York is also a better setting. Maybe that's going to show the symbol that jace can be 
outside of Gotham because maybe Batman's got that cred in Gotham. He clearly doesn't have that that cred in New York. So maybe I'm wrong. But I'll give it uh, issue six and seven in New York and see how it goes. Mm. Hopefully they find a place for him where it just fits perfectly. Hopefully. Yeah. On the other hand, there's some kind of mystery going on. I don't know if you guys caught it with the Royal Flush Gang. Because they're popping up all over the fucking place now. Yeah. Justice League notwithstanding. That appearance <laughs> is just bonkers. But obviously there's stuff going on a punchline. There's visual cues in this story. So what the hell's going on with them? Yeah, it's the Royal Flush now. Gang. Honestly, who gives a shit? It's not, uh. the, not the, <laughs> it's not the core five anymore. This seems to no. be a lot bigger. Yeah, it, it and, feels it feels and, like uh, the the real flesh gang has been uh, expanding. They've been enterprising, yeah. franchising yeah. their stuff out. You know, everyone so, can join. Exactly. I don't know. There's something. So, there's something so kind of. There's, so, there's something kind of charming about that for me, at least. Like just this totally forgotten. What was it that you said, Rob? There, the characters that just show up when you need someone to fight. Yeah, yeah. When, when yeah. You, you need a story to start, so you just okay. Yeah, here's the joke characters like, yeah. like the wrecking crew. Yeah, like uh, there's something kind of charming, yeah. like these basically like background ones that no one cares about. Or like, you know what? Yeah. Now this is our time. Yeah. <laughs> um. For for however Besides much that works. Stealing the fortress of freaking. Yeah, Star, that's <laughs> a, a, a whole thing. thing. Yeah, a whole other thing. <laughs> that I, I don't want to get into. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Royal Flesh Gang get into some real proper, like, crime lord, like, crime family. Like, mm. we're going up against the Falcones, we're going up against Rupert Thorne, and we're going to be, like, the crime family in Gotham. Yeah. Now, that would be cool. Yeah. If that's what's going on, I'm all for that. If they're just, like, in the background because they're such gag characters, the Royal Flesh Gag, <laughs> um, maybe they just in the background start building their army and then all of a sudden boom now they're the force to be reckoned with and all yeah. of a sudden they've taken over the city and not even the penguin has the money or power to take them down yeah that sounds cool yeah but that's dc if you're listening give me a call we'll yeah. set something up you know but well yeah that's that's in the future for now jace is batman i'm okay with that mm. for now i'll give it an 8.5 i'll give it a second read through see how i feel then I don't hate it. The the skip over Lucius's reaction and conversation with Jace that was really annoying. I was really looking forward to seeing that. Mm-hmm. But... Oh well, not yeah. much we can do about it now. So eight point five. That's for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, we will be getting into our top three looks for this week. So I'm going to hand it over to Josh to kick it off. Uh, Josh, what were your top three books for this week and your favorite moment? All right. My top three books this week are a little unique compared to how I normally pick my top three. Coming in at third is Urban Legends number 11. Number two is going to go to Future State Gotham number nine. And number one is going to go to Robin and Batman number three. None of which we covered on the show. 
My favorite moment was the wrap-up of Robin and Batman where we get to see Dick chilling out and not just being the sidekick of Batman with his little buddies playing D&D. I thought that was an awe moment, and I fell for it. Fair enough. Nice. All right, Rob, how about you? Um, so if, if Future State Gotham made your number two, I really got to read it. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but the story... I was really into the future state Joker in the first issue, but I don't know how I feel now. <laughs> um, so number three, I had Robin and Batman. It's just like a cute little story. And number two, I had Detective Comics. Really digging this story arc so far. And number one, I had Joker. Hopefully we're getting back on track and just write it all the way through. Uh, favorite moment, I really had a hard time picking because nothing really stood out for me. But... Honestly, Jim going full spy and going to all those shops and like, yeah, I remember when this rich guy did this and I remember when this guy tried to sell me that. And yeah, <laughs> now he's like fully equipped. He's awesome. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <clears throat> my top three for this week at number three, I had Detective Comics. And number two, I also put Urban Legends. Picked that one um, from my honorable mentions uh, just because that was a really cool issue. Uh, but number one, I actually had, again, to my absolute surprise, uh, I Am Batman, number five. It just, something about it this, this week just really worked for me, and I was, I was into it. And I, I hope that, you know, the, what had kind of been set up in the first issue and, and finally being continued in the fifth issue just kind of continues, and we, we just keep, um, keep up with that stuff. Um, but my favorite moment... Um, I mean, there were a lot of really cool fight scenes in I Am Batman to choose from, um, but I'm not going to choose any of them, and instead I'm going to go um, to a, a great little moment in, in Urban Legends, which again, I know we didn't talk about in detail, but it's from the first story with Batman and Zatanna, where they're sitting in the bat plane, and it's really awkward, but it's, it's framed so perfectly, um, where it's just like, you know, Bruce is driving and, and looking ahead and turns back and then look at Zatanna and then turns forward and they both like speak at the same time and it's just so painfully awkward but it's it's communicated so well um, so I really dug that very nice yeah but as much as I enjoy that unfortunately we have to wade through the sewer a little bit to find the shittiest thing that we could possibly find Sorry to er. use some disgusting language there, but <laughs> now it is time for our favorite or least favorite segment of the show based on uh, how we're feeling, and that is the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. So, gentlemen, uh, which title made the stink list for you today? I know for me at least, uh, mine has to be. And it, it kind of sucks to say this, but The Joker, number 11, not because it was a terrible book, but just because it felt like such a disappointment from how much I had been really enjoying the story so far. Yeah, I feel like Josh and I might have the same one. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's for me because I had to analyze it so, so much. <laughs> JL versus Losh. <laughs> yep. More of the same bullshit. Yuck, stop. Yeah. St yuck, yuck. Yuck, stop letting him do this. <laughs> not not writing books. I'm not I'm not harping and all of that stuff. But, I mean, 
dialogue in every single page. The exact same story, just with different characters every single yeah. time. Stink. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, you know, if if you, if you were to take that away, would that even be a style? Like, would he even have a style anymore? Then he would just kind of be like, you know, everyone else. So it's, it's almost like a, I don't know if Catch-22 is the right word, but it's almost like a, if you take away his style, then he has nothing. But if he has the style, it can become grating. So what do you do? It's a conundrum. Well, like I've said a million times, <laughs> Bendis is a very creative dude. There's no denying that. The characters he can come up with, they're they're really good. I mean, he's done it for years, man. He just he's good at creating the characters and he's good. He's a great idea, man, and I think maybe he ought to be in the creative department and just being a part of the process that way, maybe letting the maybe letting other people that do the actual writing. Hey, hey Rob, where did Josh go? Cuz he's not here. Cuz I don't recognize this person. <laughs> I think we lost him for a minute no there. no hey Some no I've, all, I've, I've said like that the nicest in... thing I think you've ever said about him on the show <laughs> it is I, it is you know but I mean realistically I just I don't want to see him writing anymore but that doesn't mean that his ideas are bad he just has no clue how to pull them off fair enough fair enough yeah, I, I can agree. It's for me. It's the dialogue. There's just too much of it. I do enjoy mm-hmm. his stories, but the extra dialogue bubbles just rub me the wrong way, and it just doesn't fit the character most of the time. Uh, you have yeah, to can... you have to look around the the panel and figure out which bubble you're supposed to read next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then most of the time, it's just why was this here? Because if you're on the page, you've got to have something to say. Yes. <laughs> Never, uh, never, never have a beat. Otherwise, people are going to be complaining because there's not words in the page. That's insane. Some of my favorite books had no words in them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, no, you can't. You can't. You can't have a moment to rest if they're if they're not talking. Yeah. They're not interested. They're not laughing. It's not enjoyable. But anyway, <clears throat> do we have any books that we'd like to elect for the dump list this week, gentlemen? Before we close out for today. Well, man, I'm, <laughs> if Batman doesn't change his things up and get his head out of his ass, and I don't by Batman I mean John Ridley. Uh, uh, y'all are, I mean, y'all are fans, and I'm. I just that one. Ugh, it 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 was such a big thing for me. I've want I wanted him to come in and and be the literal next Batman. I wanted him to take up Bruce's place. And now I feel like maybe he should be title changed and moved to Marvel. But we're going to give him, I'm going to give him this shot to move to New York and hopefully have some much better developed stories. We shall see. Uh, I don't have any nominations. I mean, like I said, Joker was kind of a disappointment, but we have three issues left. Like, I can get through it. It's not that bad. Right. The only thing I could say so far, and I, I don't really want to put it there yet, is Batgirls. Because it's just very on the fence about where it's going and what it's doing. Yeah. I, I figured but, maybe we could try and ride this arc out and see if it, if it yeah. becomes so oh, unbearable. 
Um, you know, the, I wouldn't maybe... say Bad Girls is unbearable. It just, no, it just not needs all. to pick that lane and stay there. Like I would yeah, read yeah. this if this was a YA novel. I would read this if it was a typical audience for the Bat Family book. But going back and forth between the two is like it's like reading those Wonder Woman and Young Diana backups. Yeah, just, well, I, at least for me, I don't think it's that extreme, but it's just like, I, I, I think I said it last time, it's just like something's going to have to give. Either I'm going to have to give and just accept it for what it is and, and find a way to enjoy it, or it's going to have to, like you said, find its lane and where it wants to be. Um, so it just it's not like just tonally all over the place. Or at least just like tonally unsure. Like it's 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 like it's a it's like it's shy and it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's like maybe I'm over here, or maybe I'm over here. I don't, I don't know yet. I'm not I'm not sure. I don't know what I want to be, but I, I got to figure it out soon because I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, which I think is is another segue. Just for one final announcement before we close for the for the evening. Uh, a bit of sad news. Uh, literally just saw this, but apparently, um, according to Joel Jones, um, Wonder Girl is apparently ending after issue seven. No, what? what? Yeah. Yara Floor is ending? I guess so. Uh, this is this is according to um, someone on Reddit who has a like a tweet or something. I, I, I'm not accessing this through Twitter, but. It looks like it, it may. They're saying the current run of Wonder Girl concludes with Wonder Girl number seven. Yara Flora's adventures continue in Trial of the Amazons, Wonder Girl number one and number two. Wonder Girl number eight, previously solicited in DC Connect number 18, has been canceled. Um, which, I mean, again, kind of weird for a newer character that they've really been pushing. But with the delays with this book, I mean, honestly, I can understand. It was the same thing with the Shazam book. Where it would take like a you know a year between issues is insane, and that that just becomes untenable for for publishing. Where if you can't keep up a schedule, um, which is the beauty of creator-owned comics, you can do whatever you want, but also the frustration. Um, but at least with DC, it just it's like you can't really if you can't keep up a schedule, like you kind of have do to bring it. it to it. Yeah, you kind of have to bring don't it to an end, it. which is sad. And, and also, um, don't don't tell don't tell everybody to expect the book. Line the story up in one of the biggest damn stories at the time and then make people wait five years to read it yeah it's well again that i think that's just the case of like don't announce your stuff too early it's like yeah i mean come on they, jeff let's get yeah, shit real. when they when they announced um that batman catwoman they announced it i want to say like basically a year before they had anything done because they wanted to save face after you know basically tom had announced that he was leaving the main batman book and they're like wait 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 but he's still gonna continue his story and they released the teaser image and then a year went by and there was like no news and everyone was like what what, what happened Where, where's the book um, right and then it came out and started people people started reading it and they went wait wait what happened well, the fun the funny <laughs> thing is like i mean not even that just the fact that that you know they basically delayed it a year so they could work on the book and then um there were still delays and they had you know a three issue fill-in with liam sharp if i remember correctly i hadn't really been keeping up with the book but i know that was there so 
I, I find that hilarious where it's just like, if you're not done, don't solicit the book. I know you want to get people excited, but just wait until you have something to present before you just leap ahead. But anyway, sorry to, to end on a kind of a sad note, but I guess that was like literally just announced that the book will be that, coming to That it. is really sad. I'm... I, am I love that book so much. Because <laughs> uh, we do have a solicitation for Wonder Girl number eight. And apparently that is canceled, oh, which is, is uh, which, which I guess basically means they drew a cover. They had planned to produce the issue, and now they're not. Uh, yeah, number seven comes out in two weeks. Yeah. So. Wow. I guess, I guess that's it. I... That's annoying. Hey, screw you guys. I'm going home. Oh well. Anyway, that's our show, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, as always, we will be here next week talking comics, and we hope you'll stop by. Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. But there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. Yeah, I was nice. You were all very nice. I, I never know, especially for being very <laughs> quiet, so I kind of just have to be like, okay... What, what's gonna happen? Is it gonna be a bomb? Is it gonna be, you know, like a, like a, like a real you. takedown? <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what to expect, so I just kind of have to like brace myself for it, so I don't, you know, ride my blood pressure.